Your number one Christian hit station presents Dog Watch. Former San Antonio police officer, author, and pastor, Tim Rupp, takes you through real-life scenarios and discusses excerpts from his books. You've never heard cop talk quite like this. Dog Watch starts now. Well, hello there. Good afternoon or good morning, whenever you may be listening to Dog Watch. Yeah. I'm Tim Ruff in the Rev.fm studio in Idaho Falls with Gary Austin. How you doing, Gary? Good, Tim. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. Here we are, another week. Here we are. October 18th. You know what yeah. October 18th is? What? My anniversary. What? No. 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 <laughs> I said, that was last <laughs> There's a good friend of mine. There's a good friend of mine that rides with me at CMA, Christian Motorcycle Association. We call him the birthday guy. He's... <laughs> He always um, walks in, no matter when he sees, he goes, happy birthday, and everywhere he goes, it, hey, it's his birthday. No, it's not uh, his birthday. He just funny. says that all the time. That's cool. I ran to his grandkids the other day. I said, do you know your grandpa's has a birthday? And they just rolled their eyes and said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's uh, great. Shout out there to you, Mike. Yeah, happy birthday, cool. Mike. <laughs> I'm sure it's his birthday today. Anyways, here we are, October 18th, middle of the month. Rolling right through. You know what's right around the corner? Christmas. Can you oh, believe that? I know. We're talking two months out, man. I know. And it, Are you ready? It comes fast. No, I'm not ready. You're married. You don't have to be worried. <laughs> Carrie has to be ready. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, hey, speaking of Carrie, true. you know, you guys were in New York. I forgot yeah. to mention this last time. You guys were in New York, and it was Carrie's idea. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> you you guys brought me back a NYPD collector's coin. Now, yeah. you know I collect coins, uh, yep, challenge do. coins. Matter of fact, uh-huh. the Strong Blue Line has a challenge coin. Yes, they do. And, uh, yeah, so a 9-11 New York City Memorial uh, challenge coin. Thank you for that. Yeah, That's cool, you're man. You're very welcome. That was, uh, uh, that was a very special visit. It yeah. really was. If, if so you, you ever... were able to go there and visit 9-11. Yeah, the 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 see the site. Yeah, where, saw, where saw the and, site where it was and the roof, uh, the pools that where the buildings right. were, and um, it is just it it's very uh, calm, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's just very sombering, but it's uh, just amazing. It is wow. very very cool. So if you ever have the the opportunity to go, that's it's a good place yeah. to visit. That that's just that's to, cool. That's really cool. yeah. If you go now, you have a reason to go to New York City. Yeah. <laughs> You know that's you do. That, that's cool. Th- thanks, yeah. thanks uh, for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. So October eighteenth, we'll we'll do our our uh, officer down memorial page honor, and uh, we have here from uh, Boston Police Department Patrolman Ezekiel Wentworth Hodston. End of watch Sunday, October eighteenth, eighteen fifty seven. Ooh. Yeah, eighteen fifty seven. Prior Civil War era. Uh, yeah. A patrolman Hodson was shot and killed by an unknown suspect as he attempted to arrest a second man in the, at the intersection of Harve and Maverick Streets. As patrolman Hodson was, was placing one suspect under arrest, the other approached him from the rear and fatally shot him. Both suspects then fled. One of the suspects, it didn't say anything about the other one, one of them was pardoned by the governor in 1865 due to poor health. Now, I have a question about that. I, I know s- some people are let out of prison, their sentences community because of poor health or mm-hmm. something. That would be maybe understandable. 
but giving them a pardon? Yeah. Because of poor health? That's saying, it's like you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. You know, a pardon is different from commuting your uh, commuting your, your sentence where you're just released you still have a or you get early right. parole. Yeah. You know, it could have said he was paroled early so he can get out early mm-hmm. if he needed to have uh, a medical care. Yeah, that is strange. But a pardon due to poor health, you never know what, what's going on there. That's mm-hmm. kind of strange. Anyways, Patrolman Hudson had served with the Boston Police Department for one year. He was survived by his wife, son, parents, and three siblings, 25 years old. One year on the job. So, wow. One year. One year on the job, 25 huh. years old. And the guy who murdered him served eight years, one of the guys that was responsible for that. And it, and it may have been the other one that just fled. I, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, that's all the information we have. What do you have, Gary? That's tough. Uh, this is Officer Stephen R. Uh, Notham II uh, from Carlton Police Department in Texas. You probably that's know where Dallas, this is. That's outside of Dallas area. I is it? Uh, so uh, Officer Steve uh, Notham was killed when his patrol car was struck by a vehicle while the officer was assisting another officer conducting a DUI investigation. And this was on the uh, President George Bush turnpike. Hmm. So, um, And it was uh, 1025 at night. Um, the driver of the vehicle that struck the officer was killed instantly. Uh, Officer Notham was transported to the uh, local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries, injuries, and uh, that's that's what he was a U.S. Marine. He was a veteran. Uh, he served with the Carlton Police Department for two years and previously previously served with Grand Chute Police Department in Wisconsin. Hmm. So for four years. So uh, age not available. So really? kind of interesting, yeah. And when when was this? This was uh, end of watch, uh, two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, a year ago. Yeah, just like, yeah. Hmm. So, they just haven't had the this uh, the people who do this Officer Down Memorial page. It's volunteers and they're doing this stuff and they do a really good job. They really do. But sometimes yeah. they just don't have the information. Yeah. Uh, we we did one last week on on one our uh, one I was looking. At, I can't remember which one it was, but but it just didn't make sense the way it was worded. Mm. I said. Eh, that's not right because the dates were kind of backwards or something. So I just oh. wrote them a, a note, contacted them, and they changed it. They said, thank you so much for catching that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was oh. about about two or three days later I got a note back saying, we appreciate that. And I looked, and sure enough, they changed it. I'll be darned. So, yeah, that's cool It was cool just a, like a, a typing error or something. Somebody yeah. didn't realize what they did. So, but uh-huh. anyway, well, they, they, they do, they do they a do great a job. job. Yeah. yeah, so Officer Down Memorial page, uh, check that out. Yeah, it's got a lot cool. of good information there mm-hmm. about if you want to, if you're doing research, family for for school or something, you want to research somebody, just go in there and start researching stuff. If mm-hmm. they want, you have to write a paper on something, you'll find something to write about, yeah. something very interesting. Yeah. Anyways, hey, so we're gonna. Oh, before I go on, I forgot. You can catch Dog Watch on Amazon, Google, Apple, and Spotify podcast platforms. They're also archived. On the rev.f. Yes, they are. But, and yeah, I asked about this earlier, Gary. What's Fam Club? What's Fam Club? Yeah, the Rev Fam Club. Yeah, that's uh, what we we call our uh, premier um, donors. Um, Twenty five dollar uh, a month to, donors to uh, support the Rev. To support the Rev. Yeah. Oh, cool. So the Fam Club. Yeah. So be part of the family. You know, that's, I'm, that's I'm what sure that's they can get some the stuff family. online. Yeah. And, yep, absolutely. And, and the rev.fm. Sign up for that. Yeah. That's cool. 25 yeah. bucks a month. Yeah. Not too bad. Personal radio station. Yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> All right. Well, join the fam club mm-hmm. and you'll be supporting Dog Watch as well. Thank you so yeah. much for your support. Yes. Hey, so I was looking at uh, For Science Institute, another good resource uh, for uh, law enforcement, For Science re- re- Research. And uh, this caught my eye, the failure of common sense. I said, hmm, on what this is about. Sounds like a good <laughs> article. And it's, it starts off with this quote. <clears throat> quote is this, and, I, I'm, and I'm quoting from their quote. Common sense dictates that in situations where a law enforcement officer has a suspect in their rifle sight, the officer could pull the trigger before any suspect could move a gun toward the officer or another aim and fire. So, Gary, let me, let me, I'm going to read that again. I want to explain what's going on here. <clears throat> this is a quote that they, that they quote, and we'll talk about this. It says this, Common sense dictates that in situations where a law enforcement officer has a suspect in their rifle sight. So what's going on here, Gary, is a law enforcement officer is using his rifle, patrol rifle, or maybe a, a, a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. And they have somebody in their sights. So they've already got the bad guy, if you will, in their sights. And it says, continuing on here, the officer could pull the trigger before any suspect could move a gun toward the officer or another aim and fire. End of quote. So what what they're saying, they're quoting here, and, and, and this quote was pulled from a recent legal finding which kind of surprised me. So this is some defense attorney saying this. Right. The defense attorney is saying that if Gary, if you're the good guy, if you're the police officer and you, and I have a gun, let's say I have a gun pointed at my head, mm-hmm. threatening suicide, and you have a gun on me. And people say, well, why would you do that? Well, you don't know what this guy's going to do. Right. I mean, some he's unstable. Mm-hmm. He's got a gun to his head, so we know he's unstable. Mm-hmm. Does he want to harm himself? Does he want to harm a third person? Does he want to harm the officer? Mm-hmm. And so officers are taught. So what they're saying is if you you're have your patrol rifle out, you're pointing your gun at this guy, and this guy's got a gun to his head, that before he could move it, aim, and pull the trigger at you, you could shoot. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Well, the Fourth Science Institute has a response to that, and, and they say, and they say this: it is certainly a belief held by many attorneys and the community members who, expo- who whose exposure to deadly force may have been mercifully limited to Hollywood action films. Hmm. So, common sense, maybe, but correct, <laughs> definitely not. It's kind of a backhanded slap, saying, "Look, you guys haven't done your research." Exactly, we have, and so. Uh, they actually did research on this, and the Four Science Institute, along with uh, oh well, this they uh, they had a uh, another article that came out. <laughs> it was called "This Training the Humanity out of, out of Cops and Other Myths." So what they're talking about is, you know what? It's training the humanity out of cops. I'm sorry, I think I said that wrong. Training the humanity out of cops and other myths. You know, police are human beings. Mm-hmm. And so they're not robots. Right. And they have to think, they have to respond. Mm-hmm. And he said, police, like all humans, are constrained by a reactionary gap. And as they go on, there will there is always going to be a 
time lag between a stimulus and a response. And so go back to the example I was given, Gary. You're the good guy. You're the policeman. You have a rifle pointed at me. And the reason why you're pointing that rifle at me is because I have a handgun pointed to my head. Mm-hmm. And the common sense, what they say, the, uh, the attorney says, common sense says, before I could point my gun at you and shoot it, you could shoot me. Mm-hmm. Well, they did some research on that exact thing. And they, they had an officer, before we go on there, talk about this gap time a little bit. Uh, the author limits his gap time response to the time required to pull the trigger. So that what the, what the uh, defense attorney was, what they're measuring is what, how long does it take to pull a trigger? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it only takes, you know, a half a second to pull a trigger. Well, in the real world, officers must first detect the stimulus object of movement in other words you're looking at me you got to detect that my gun is moving so you have to first recognize that my gun is moving towards you mm-hmm. away from my head and toward you and then you have to contextualize that what is the meaning of that what's going on here you have to decide whether to respond by shooting or not what are you going to do are you going to shoot are you going to duck what are you going to do right then you have to pull the trigger and so there's a that's the response gap Hmm. And so they did this, very interesting. They had it on film. What they did is they took this officer. He was, uh, his name is Jeff. Jeff uh, Knopp. I think it's pronounced Knopp because it's Mm K-N-A-U-P, either Knopp or Knopp. Anyways, Jeff is a retired 30-year police officer with nearly 20 years of advanced tactical training experience. So this isn't some young guy just out of the academy. And he's not right. only is he just a is he's not only a is seasoned police officer, but twenty years was in SWAT and tactical stuff. So the guy knows guns. Mm-hmm. He knows how to do things. And what they did, they had a suspect just like the scenario I was telling about. They had him on a uh, simulator, a police simulator. Mm. Which what it is, it it, it uh, it's like a movie screen. And so it's it's like one of these gaming games, oh, if you okay. will. Okay. Yeah. So he's on a big screen in front of him. The bad guy's on the big screen, and the bad guy's holding a gun to his head. And the officer's told, as soon as he moves the gun towards you, you shoot. So he knows in advance what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's a surprise, like, well, maybe the guy will put the gun down, or maybe he'll drop it. Right. He's told he's going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. When he moves, you take the shot. And so the first scenario, scenario number one, they had the officer. The uh, officer was there pointing his rifle at the guy. He had his safety on, finger outside the trigger guard. So, as soon as the guy moved, he shot. This is what happened after the it the it the guy the the bad guy. It took him point four zero of a second to move his gun from his head, aim, point, and shoot the officer. Wow. He got two shots off in that the and he got two shots off the officer's time to respond was 0.86 of a second double the time wow double the time so he got two shots off at the officer before the officer was able to get a shot on the target oh my goodness and he's pointing and aiming at him and he knows what's going to happen <laughs> right it, it's not like well you don't know what's going to happen right that's not a that, guess. That was so scenario number two. They said, "Okay, take the safety off, put your finger on the trigger." 
So now all he's doing is manipulating the trigger. Mm-hmm. That's all he's doing is pull, pulling that trigger back. That's it. Again, the suspect, 0.40 of a second. Officer Knopper, Jeff's response was 0.60 of a second. Man. So the bad guy got one shot off. So what's this telling us? If a guy's holding a gun to his head, pointing it at himself, and the police are there pointing their pistols or their rifles at him, they can beat him. Mm-hmm. The bad guy can beat him because action always beats reaction. Yeah. Reaction, you're always behind the curb. I'll be darned. And so this would, you know, and, so and this is this isn't just some this isn't just a couple guys in their backyard doing this. No. These this is for Science Institute of the uh, University of Minnesota. Uh, so uh, these are these are trained professional scientists that are that are going through this and, and training this. And so those that are saying that, well, officer, they didn't need to shoot him. Why didn't they shoot him in the leg? Why did you know? Why did they shoot so quick? Uh, <clears throat> need to do the science on this stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's there's more to a shooting in, in my book, Winning a Gunfight. <clears throat> excuse me, I, I quote from a guy, uh, uh, Kenneth Murray, who says that although uh, mechanically all there is to, to taking the life of someone with a firearm is pulling the trigger. He mm-hmm. said mechanically that's all there is to it, but there's much more to it than that. Because it's you're taking the life or potentially taking the life of another human being. Right. And that, those are the things that need to be think about. Hence, one of the big reasons for the strong blue line is because when I go to train, these officers are humans, like this article brings out. That means they not only have a body that pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. That's a mechanical function. The body pulls the trigger. They also have a mind that makes a decision. Mm-hmm. So the mind must make a decision after the mind's already learned how to use the rifle, how to point it, how to shoot it, how to pull the trigger. The mind learns all of that stuff in compliance with the body to be able to do it. Sure. That's how we learn to do it. That's how we learn to write. That's how mm-hmm. we learn to type. That's how we learn to do anything. Yeah. The mind along with the body comes together. But there's a third factor. It's not only the mind and the body, it's the spirit. The spirit is the ethical part. The spirit informs the mind. He's pointing a gun at you. You're justified to shoot him. He's trying to kill you. And there's a justification to that. It's okay to do that. And if officers hesitate at that part, because this is what I find, Gary, when I'm teaching even even seasoned officers or officers that's been around for four or five years or new officers, to my surprise, still a lot of officers have the question is, will I be okay with God if I take the life of another individual? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we, we flippantly say, well, of course, you know, it's, you know, it's self-defense. <clears throat> we can say that, but a lot of people don't, don't realize that. When you're really in that situation, mm-hmm. officers think about them kind of things. And uh, so part of the training that I give in winning a gunfight and in my seminars is the justification for doing that. In the biblical uh, support, if you will, nowhere in the Bible does it, does, 
does it say it's wrong. Matter of fact, it says it's right to use deadly force in the defense of another person or defending yourself. We see it over and over again in the Bible. Mm-hmm. What what what's thou shalt not kill means is actually thou shalt not murder. Right. It's the unjustifiable use of deadly force. That's an important thing. And so, but but these off, officers, when you, when you pull the trigger on a gun, it first goes through your spirit. Am I justified doing this? Can I do it legally? Am I good with God? Mm-hmm. That That's a decision that's going on. And then it, you have to say, okay, yes, do it. So the mind says, okay, make that decision. Pull that trigger. And then the mind tells the body, go ahead, move that finger. Mm-hmm. And so we think we don't think about that, but it takes time. Right. It took this professional seasoned officer that knew what was going to happen. Finger on the trigger in the second scenario, ready to go, already saw the scenario, knows the guy's going to move. As soon as he sees the movement, still it took 0.6 of a second. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have to think about killing somebody because he knew it was a scenario. Exactly. It was a, you know, and so with all of this going on, that's why it's so important not only to to, uh, officers to train on using their weapons, but also to train on cover and concealment. Mm-hmm. Because as you have cover and concealment, it gives you more time to think. Right. It gives you some protection. Mm-hmm. So th- these are uh, all important things. And I thought this was just a fascinating article. Uh, it really uh, is. You know, and one of the things is, you know, it talks about in in the real world, um, there, there are so many uh, different factors, you know, and as you know, yes. as an officer, you know, of... Uh, could be raining, could be windy, it could be, you know, whatever it is. It could right. be lighting, physical lighting, lighting, sun in your eyes, <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah. And one of them uh, that they mention is that it's in the real world, the officer doesn't have that time to stand still or to, you know, because it's right. Some, like you said, you know, it's uh, their reaction time, you know, is, is affected by all of those things. But it, it, these are so important. These studies are so important because every day you're putting your life at risk, yeah. you know, as an officer. And uh, it's important. Training is so important. Spiritual training. Yes, yes. <laughs> is so important. And, it is. And that's, that, that's because of that feeling, you know, and, that, and that's why I say that of am I okay with taking the life of another, yeah. you know, and – as an officer, you know, you should be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's different. But, you know, people say, wow, somebody broke into my house. And, you know, I, hey, that's a different situation. Exactly. You know from yeah. the get-go, nobody's supposed to be breaking into your house. Yeah. It, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, somebody's breaking your house. It's one of two things. It's a bad guy going to do something bad mm-hmm. or somebody that's intoxicated or something and just got have the wrong. Exactly. But, but what are they doing that for? Yep. You know, how often does that happen? Not very often. So, I mean, somebody drunk, good in the wrong house, yep. you know, that happens. But you know somebody's breaking in. They're coming to do harm to you or to your property. And mm-hmm. you're not going to wait to find out nope. you know, what they're going to do. I'm going to protect my family. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So a uh, little bit different situation. But when you're out there on the streets and, and all this stuff with the media and all this critical stuff and all the uh, – anyways – Hey, thanks for listening in. And if you have a topic or a question you want addressed on Dog Watch, send me an email. You can email suggestions, questions, comments, or complaints. Dogwatch at the Rev.fm. That's dogwatch at the Rev.fm. Thought from the good book today. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. 
Thank you for joining us. Remember, make the watch strong. Dog Watch is brought to you by the Strong Blue Line and your number one Christian hit station. Send your comments and questions to dogwatch at therev.fm. You can download the Dog Watch episodes from therev.fm as well as offer your financial support for this program. Be encouraged, be strengthened, be enabled in your faith with Dog Watch.